0: Grief comes in so many different forms. And for Phil Hedges, he first experienced it at a conscious level when his mum passed away, when he was only seven. It led to his dad not coping with that him and me up in foster care. Fast forward to future broken relationships and his most recent broken relationship, which led him to not only plan but take action towards taking his own life. Thankfully, there was intervention, and Phil now has a passion for helping other people deal with the the day-to-day stresses and challenges of of life particularly for people who are first responders and have to deal with a stressful life every single day he shares really in depth about what he was going through through his grief what he would now do differently what he now does differently and how you can help other people who are going through similar circumstances so whether it's you yourself who wanna make sure you know what to do for yourself or for other people, or you're thinking about a particular moment that you've had and you wanna make sure it doesn't happen again, then this conversation with Phil is gonna really help you to have the steps to be able to move forward. Hi everyone. And hi to my guest this week, Phil Hedges. How are you, Phil?
1: I'm I'm really well, thanks Ian. It's, um... It's just an absolute blessing and a pleasure to be here. So thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome, mate. Just uh, hearing some of your story, there's going to be a lot in there that people can identify with. And I yeah. also love that you, you're um, you're now creating, have created something that's going to be able to make a, a difference in their world. So tell us a little bit about your your new app, the EMT app, and the inspiration for that.
1: Uh, so launching very very soon i have an a natural therapies app by, a natural therapies based app uh coming out for first responders so to deal with things like ptsd anxiety stress sleep uh just literally anything people would be dealing with coming from a first responder perspective especially uh it's it's there for them so i look at that and if a police officer say had a horrible incident and they have to deal with the rest of their shift or go home to their family, they can pop something in, listen to it, be like re regulate their nervous system, and then be able to get back on to duty or home and back to their loved ones.
0: Oh, that's huge. The re regulating the, the nervous system massive. massive. Yeah. Tell us if you said you were a correctional officer. yeah. How brutal is it when you have an incident that then is still playing out for you when you come to the end of a shift?
1: It's, it's rough. Um, It's, it's really rough. And the, the problem that we have in the industry, and when I say the industry, yes, corrections, but I think first responders in any, in any way is uh, there's this like cliche of, Oh, no, no, we'll just use some dark humor and cover it up. Everything's fine when it's, it's not. And you know, the, the mental health that, that plays out like I, I see I see relationships breaking down. I see families breaking down. I see grown men and women literally being shells of the people they were because they come into an industry where, one, they think they can make a difference and they can. But, two, the security in the job itself is so, so amazing for them. It just slowly beats them down because they, they don't want to leave and do anything else.
0: Oh wow! Is it too big a stretch to say they they become institutionalized as well?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Wow. In, in a very very particular way, they certainly do because they get they get stuck in the whole. It's they've got so much time off. It's twelve hour shifts. If they want extra money, they just work overtime, and they they turn their life into being there, and that becomes their life as opposed to focusing on the outside, which is the first reason they started.
0: Oh. Mate, that's huge. Yeah. I wonder how many different industries that's happening in. Because I think back to my, my days, I worked at a at Fox Sports, so it's sports television. So it's like for a sports nut, it's a dream job. Yeah. But I kind of felt I'm not I'm in no way comparing it to a yeah. correctional facility, yeah. but but I did feel that sort of feeling of I've been so institutionalized, like yeah. I I don't even know how to get out. Like it's like a trap. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, fascinating yeah hundred
1: percent it, it is a it is a trap it, it can benefit you in so many ways it's it's a great trap but it's still potentially a trap which is the problem
0: yeah and I guess that's why so many people then are unable to change directions in their career because of all those things that you described
1: yeah hundred percent and and you just you see the guys that are that come in that are a year in and and you watch the enthusiasm just drain down and then you see the guys who have been there 20 30 plus years and they're just cynical because one when, when you're in that atmosphere of people for so long and it's it's lower class people right there there's no high quality caliber to the majority of it yeah and uh, so so oh, everyone's a liar everyone cheats everyone does oh. this everyone does this and you you get you get to view the worst parts, so you become very, very cynical. And yeah, it's, it's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah,
0: I bet. I bet. In the coaching industry, and, and I imagine for you, your other uh, your other hat, the hip, hypnosis, there's a backstory about what gets you into it. Is that true of people who work in a, a correctional facility as well? Like, is it is it linked to their own personal story more often than not? Oh.
1: I think in some way it would have to be, uh, whether it's, you know, I I look at that and go, okay, so uh, a cliche line, a really cliche line is we have a lot of ex-police, ex-military. Yep. You have guys who have come up sort of the security branch as well, who have gone, oh, they worked in pubs and clubs and they did this and they did that and then they thought, well, I'll head into corrections. Um or so you have that route, and I look at that as that's like the guardian route. These guys need to be guardians. These guys need to be protectors in one way, shape or form. That's their that's their job. That's their persona. That's that's what they do. Uh, then there's the other guys who are looking for the career that's going to then benefit them in the future. So they may be doing their studies of like bachelor of criminology because they want to move into the AFP or somewhere else so it's a really good platform for them to gain the experience first got
0: it uh because are better to learn than a, than a safe place that you can actually get get inside the the thoughts and and uh atmosphere of someone who's been through that well wow.
1: yeah 100
0: it, it always fascinates me with like each week i speak to a guest and and you delve into a world that you have a vague idea about, but you can't even comprehend, but even just wear any scratch of the surface <laughs> and my mind's already boggling. So yeah. was the ad born out of your dealing with working in such a place? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, heading back a few, few months ago, so end of last year in December, I, um, I separated from my partner. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole way things work, right? And I've got absolutely nothing bad to say about her. She is an amazing woman and, unfortunately, our relationship just didn't work. And uh, when, when the separation happened, I lost my fiance. I lost the home I had with her, I lost the business we'd been creating, I lost my future that I'd been planning out for the last two to three years with, with her. And uh, I, I spiralled. A spiraled heart, So, what's the best thing to do when everything's sort of blowing up? Dive into work, mm, right? And um, just being over Christmas time as well. It was just work, 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 and my my mental health uh, deteriorated dramatically. And um, when when that started to happen. Uh, I, I found myself in some pretty dark places and even to the point where I, I'm i just going to jump into this. I hope you don't mind.
0: Yeah, no, go for um, it. We need to get well, there eventually.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. Um, even even to the point where I, I made the decision in February and I was still around some really great people, but uh, just when when you hurt that much, you you start not thinking rationally, right? And yeah. I'd made the decision, well, that, that – the best way for me to stop all of this was to take my life, and uh, yeah, so I, i figured, okay, this is this is going to just be the easiest way to deal with everything. If if I if I take my life, then I'm not going to hurt. Everyone's not going to have to deal with the shit that I'm pulling out and dealing with me, and it's just going to be so much better. So, I'd I formulated a plan. I was going to play it through. Um I I found this lovely spot and I was driving to that spot and um as I'm sitting there, you know, writing out a few things for some people, I get a text message on my phone. And I look down and, I, and it's from my daughter and it says, Hey dad, can I have twenty dollars for Tuck Shop? And that literally clicked freaking everything in my head for me. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this, this whole process, I hadn't even considered my child. Like, like my, my, literally my heart and my soul, I had not thought about her once. Um,
0: and that tingles yeah. all through that. Yeah. Do you, do you get the sense that they have some intuitive knowing to send a message like that just at the right time?
1: Oh, I, I don't know if, if she had an inkling or if it was just the universe or it was just amazing timing, whatever it was, it was, it was enough.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, that just, it, it, straight away kicked my ass in the gear. It didn't matter. I made a promise to myself that no matter how bad things got, I would, I would set an example for her. And, uh, first of all, I gave her way more than $20 for top job. Just
0: like, <laughs>
1: sadly, yes, you can have that. And, um, it, it, it just changed my whole perspective on things. And, Within the time that I've I've been in corrections, there there's been some pretty large incidences we've had with officers taking their lives, not just at my centre, but other centers. And I was like I don't wanna get political, but I, I feel like a lot of the time with government agencies it's box ticking. It's yeah, we've done this for your mental health, tick the box, we're safe. Yep, yeah, we've looked after physically, tick the box, we're safe. And the help isn't there as much as it needs to be. So I was like, well how, how can I put my skills, my abilities, and what, what I do from a coaching and hypnosis perspective into the world of first responders and corrections that I deal with and how can I how can I blend those two together? And that's ideally what where, where the app came from. It was going through my own my own <laughs> sacrifices and pain to hopefully then see that other people can you know not have to deal with it as much.
0: Yeah, can do you mind if we go back to to those moments after the initial separation, or even leading up to it? Like, is it is it something you knew was coming, because there was already a degree of tension, or was it a bit
1: of a bolt out of the blue for you? Look, at, when it happened, it was out of the blue, right? Because as a, as a guy, everything's fine, everything's fine, it's always fine. But then when you can sit back and look and go, yeah, it, it wasn't fine. It had been coming for months and I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that, uh, my ex probably had that decision made at least a couple of weeks beforehand. And, and and it's it's okay. Like it it is what it is, but it it definitely wasn't out of the blue when when, like hindsight's a beautiful thing. So yeah, definitely wasn't out of the blue. I think it was probably about eight months coming to be honest.
0: And do you see how that the, the stress and the, your own PTSD from your work had contributed to that downhill path?
1: I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, again, it was good money and it was good money to be able to provide and help, but, you know, living in Toowoomba and then driving to Brisbane on a, on a regular basis, then spending 12 hours on shift and coming home and then trying to you know, give her her needs, support the family and and be that person was was a difficult task. And really she she needed so much more than what I was able to give at that time because I was so focused on just trying to financially support her as opposed to give anything else.
0: My experience being a man, uh, coaching other men, just what I see out there is that it feels like, there's so many different areas that we need to make sure we're looking after. And then you add in the stress of work, children, like it just continues to add up, right? The pressure just seems to mount. So now knowing what you know now and you've created this app and and you've obviously had time to make sense of it, what did you need to – well, what have you added – to make sure that you're not going to get yourself into that space again?
1: Yeah, great question. That's a great question. Uh, I focus on me more. Yeah, good. And it's counterintuitive, and, but absolutely it, it, what needed, right? It does. It sounds like it's so long, right? But it's like, yeah. no, like, I need to make sure I'm eating well for me. I need to make sure that I'm doing things outside of work for me. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm good because – when, when I spent so much time, and the thing was, I thought in my head, I, I thought I was doing everything right in that previous relationship. But because I was so focused on them, I wasn't doing anything right because I needed to set the example. I needed to actually be the man and lead as opposed to like pandering to all the needs. And so, yeah. if if I had have actually gone, no, no, actually, I need to, I need to set a goal and go to the gym. I need to create and do and be and all of these other things. It would have made a massive difference instead of like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's. Once you start doing it, it seems obvious, right? But those yeah. things, like even just that simple thing of having a goal, having something that you're working towards, it's so important to have something in the future. It's, as a man, it's important to be actively working towards something that's going to give you that satisfaction. I'm sure yeah. it's true for women, but from a completely different lens, right? But it's that physical drive and action and discipline so important, right?
1: hundred percent. And... And it, got, it literally got to the point where I believe, and she even said she lost respect for me because I'd be like, oh, yeah, one day I might do a triathlon. One day I might do this. I'm thinking of this, and, but I, I, never, I never stuck. I never said, I'm doing this, and then went and did it with her. And so it just, you know, it, it, it ruined it for her because I wasn't convicted. I didn't have the conviction in the things that I was thinking about or wanting to do.
0: So, if you're talking directly to any men reading this, or even someone married to a, to a man, like what what is the number one thing that they need to implement to make sure that they are being that man of conviction?
1: Well, you need to do it. You you need to you need to do what you say and say what you do. I love that.
0: It's yeah. the simplicity, right? But it's truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it.
0: I remember after I started going through my personal growth journey still at corporate and um, having one of the executives say to me, you know, you're very rare in in uh, in corporate. I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's picking up on. He goes, you do what you say you were going to do. Yeah. And I And I'm like, huh, like – Oh, hello. Just got the cat come to say hello. Um, It's, I guess, once you start immersing yourself in this work of actually prioritising yourself, it just becomes second nature and it seems obvious. But, I, yeah, both of our examples just show how it's not something that's necessarily practised that. Yeah. That's often.
1: No, and it's. It's, it's easy to dream, but, like, the discipline that it takes to actually follow through with things, like, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example, is I, after the separation, I, I'd always spoken to my ex about my goal to one day climb Everest. Yeah. And he uh, was like, well, I don't know how you're going to do that. You've got a family to support. Like, it's a great dream. How are you going to do that? And I was like, Yeah, good question. So, um, this year I went and climbed to Mount Kilimanjaro. As, like, there's my, there's my first point because I know there's certain models, well, The next year I'm going to Nepal to climb Han Lung Himal, which is another mountain, which then qualifies me to be able to climb Everest. So, it's like, Okay. And at the end of the day, taking the lessons from those things and being able to place them into me now. The, the gratitude I have for her and that situation, like it, it's I'm such a better man and a better human because of what I went through now. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And it, for every guest that comes on, I get a similar response. It's like even going through the depths of hell, there's always that realisation that, there is good in this, yeah, and it's such a pivotal shift, right? And it's impressive that you've come to this. where We're not even a year down, and you're, you're already seeing, appreciating gratitude for the for the real positive that's come out of it. Yeah. So, can you take us back into the, to that two month of two month sure. period where you know sh- your wife, uh, you know, so sorry, your partner approaches you and. And then you having to sort of face, like you said, your future that you had in, in mind taken away. Were you in denial at first or did you pretty quickly come to
1: a realisation that this, is, this was all really happening? Uh, for a good couple of months, I was, I was in the mindset of I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. I can definitely fix it. I'll just I'll, – I'll grow the business that we had together. I'll grow that really big and then she'll see the bank account rising and she'll be really impressed in me or uh, I'll get really fit and she'll see all of the good things that I'm doing or, yeah, whatever else. And or, I'll, I'll go out with friends and she'll see me on social media having a great time so she'll be jealous or whatever it is, right? Um, so I, everything revolved around trying to win her back. And uh yeah, I was completely wrong. <laughs> like
0: mm. it's such a male response though, isn't it? Just try yeah. and fix it.
1: Yeah, just just fix it. Just just don't fix me, fix the situation. Fix yes. everything around it. And yeah, it it just it, it didn't work. Like it nothing worked. Even I was I was still trying to support her. Um, financially, when we separated, and to the point where she had to message me and be like, "Can you just stop? I need to stand on my own two feet. I need you to stop." And that was that was a big wake up call. It was a massive wake up call to me. Yeah,
0: right. So, do you see the sort of that downward spiral happening? Was it a gradual process, or were there some yeah. big things like that 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 sort of
1: really uh, sped up? Yeah, it it was it was the start of the realisation of this isn't going to get any better. Like this is, you know, and it was the biggest realisation for me and the biggest moment I had in that situation was I'm 37. I'm on a fold-out couch in a friend's like makeshift bedroom Hmm. with uh, like two suitcases that I haven't unpacked. Huh. And it's like, well what what am I doing with myself? What am I doing with my life? What am I like how the fuck have I ended up here?
0: Oh, it's a brutal question, but I think we all yeah. have to reach that at some point in our life, don't we? Like yeah. like how did I get here?
1: Yeah. And uh that was that was the start. That was the really big start of the spiral, because you would you would go then to work and you would see these people who are Oh, just getting my second investment property. Oh, just you know, the wedding's about to happen. Oh, like all these other things, and then comparison would hit in. But I am, yeah, like the, the thought process, and it's it's just the story you are telling yourself, right? But it's like, fuck, I've 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 ruined this. I've absolutely ruined this, and and it's too late. You know, thirty seven is too late to start again and do anything else. So.
0: Again, yeah, another one of those things that I think people have to face is that is that thought too, I've left yeah. my run too late. I, yeah. I, I remember a uh, a young client I had going back maybe you know, close to 10 years ago and he was 25 and thinking the same oh, thing. Mate. Uh, oh, it well, was some from a career perspective, but, it's, but I mean like, you know, you laugh at 25, but at, yeah. at, a 60-year-old might laugh at someone at 38, right? Oh, like so I much living. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I laugh at it now. I'm like, what
0: was
1: you thinking? Yeah. I've, still got, I've still got at least 40, 50 plus years to do whatever the heck I want. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And, and
0: when you start looking after yourself and prioritizing yourself, you start thinking, all right, can I add a few more
1: years on that than I was first thinking? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to hitting 40 because then I can look at Masters Boxing so I can be the young bull in the old category. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking like that. Because I was thinking yeah. the same thing like with when I was running a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm back running a fair bit now, but I was thinking the same thing when I hit 50. <laughs> yeah. The young competitive, young yeah yes. <laughs> competitive nature. <laughs> I, I missed over 35's football because I was still playing all age till till too old. And oh yeah. Uh, yeah, those competitive urges are hard to shift,
1: right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I love oh, that. very good. Um so i, I just want to yeah dig a bit more into that that whole thought process because i think the more people can going to understand whether they find themselves in a situation like that themselves or whether they are facing dealing with someone else going through it the more we can understand it the, the, the better we're going to be able to deal with it so yeah you start thinking well i should be going things should be better i run out of time do so those moments of geez, would be better just to check out? Do they just creep in, or yeah. can you remember the first time you thought it, or like, was there a moment?
1: No, it, it's, 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 it's a very sneaky little, like, it's a very sneaky little haze or a little cloud that slowly kind of walks in, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't realise it until it's become a regular thought. Well, that and, and in my instance, that's, that's how it came along. I, there was no point where I was like, "Oh shit, I'm thinking that. That's not good." It was um, it was just something that kind of snowballed into that that bigger thought process. And what I would do was find evidence to prove thought. So it'd be like, mm. "Oh man, no, I'm." This is shit. I'm I I shouldn't be here. And then you'd have an argument with someone at work. Oh man, they, they're shitty at I me. Mean, this is just proof. Or you would you would mess up something. Like I'd be like, oh, I just I, I forgot to do something. Oh man, there's more proof. Like it it, it just I, I just consistently find these little bits of evidence or unconsciously be searching for these little bit of little bits of evidence to prove what i was thinking to myself and i would just take them and you would just take them and hold them in and be like yeah i was like, yeah and it didn't matter how like it's they weren't even anything you know i'd be like oh i drive to the servo to get fuel and I'd be like i forgot my wallet shit this is this is i'm an idiot why am i here it's like you just forgot your wallet you can go back and get it but in my head at that time the way my, my, my thinking was was this is just more proof that I'm I'm not capable of living in this society right now. I'm just like, do you know how many people I know that forget their keys when they're going to their car? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It, it's You just find these reasons to convince yourself and it's, it's not good.
0: Yeah. Stack them upon each other and then the more you stack them up, the more you, you buy into it. Yeah. If you look back... Were you showing warning signs that people could have seen?
1: I, I think I was. Um, I, I I pride myself in being pretty pretty conscious and open to things. So the first thing I did when the separation happened was reach out for help. I think when I stopped reaching out for help would have been the biggest warning sign because I am a pretty – pretty out there, happy to chat, want to go to the events, like catch up with people for lunch, but that sort of guy. And after a while, I was like, nah. Can't be bothered. Yeah, can't be bothered. Don't want to do it. So the, the, the moment I kind of, that period where I kind of stopped reaching out was probably the biggest sign I think that I could see.
0: And what did you need from... People at that point that would have helped.
1: It's it's interesting, right? Because, and and people get annoyed with me now because of this, but it's just presence. That's it. Like if, and and I got really frustrated because I when I did reach out to a few people, they were like, you know, hey Phil, if if you ever need anything, I'm there for you. Like, cool. Can you just come over and stay the night and watch movies with me? Oh man, sorry, I'm really busy. I'm like, oh, there's mm-hmm. another story to add in there, and like, they put their own life. Yeah, their own stuff going on, and but you're not thinking that way either. But literally, just just to know, like, to actually have someone be like, oh no, you, you actually really matter right now. That that's. That's all I think anyone ever really needs is, is that when they're going through, especially when it comes to separations or things like that, they just need to know they care to someone, that they actually yeah. really care. Uh,
0: and the thought, my, my my head goes to the thought of it's probably good to know who that person or few people in your life is that you can depend on in those situations yeah. instead yeah. of clutching at straws. Because like, it's not always the person you think. No. No.
1: <laughs> No, by no means is it. And, yeah, that's like now if, if if I haven't heard from like certain people and I, like I look at the, you look at the signs and the, there's just a reach out message. Hey, man, do you need anything? They're like, nah, nah, I'm on good. I'm like, cool. When are we catching up for lunch? We're like, oh, here. Like, sweet, no worries. And that alone can just, because, you, you, don't, you know, I'm not giving them a choice, right? I'm like, when are we? Not do you want to? When are we? Or yeah. it's, hey, I'm on my way over with pizza. Like, wait, what? No, no, it's okay. I'm on my way. I'll be there in five. And yeah, just just giving that moment of, hey, look, someone someone cares. Someone like is here. And it doesn't matter if it's day or night. It doesn't matter if you're happy or sad. And I'm not here to fix it. I'm just here to be with you. Because the amount of people who would say, I, I don't know what to say, I'm like, dude, you don't need to say anything.
0: Yeah, and that's just true for grief in in all different areas is that we just need someone there, usually better if they're not saying anything. Yeah. Just giving us a safe place to externalize if we want or sit there in silence if we want. Yeah. So that we just feel exactly like you described, that that someone actually cares enough to be there. And that word you used before around being present, it's huge. Yeah. Now I've I've played around a bit with this from my own experience around anger and frustration and knowing that for those of us who have been suppressing anger for a long time the ability to get to that point of like reacting is so much quicker than for other people for you around this particular thing not not anger but rather what you experienced do yeah. you think looking back that some of the things that from, that happened in your childhood mean that your ability to get to that point of checking out was quicker than perhaps someone who had a different upbringing?
1: Yes. Oh, 100%, 100%. It was like a perfect storm for me, to be yes. honest. Um, so to go like right back, uh, my mother passed away when I was seven and uh, I, my, my father never really dealt with the great grief properly and he held on to it for a very long time so just before i started high school he ended up having his own issues and he had a breakdown and ended up in hospital for a long time and i became a foster child um, and what I didn't realize at the time and it's taken me a long time and to kind of deal with this and understand this was having having a woman in my life would mean that eventually they'll leave me or get hurt Oh, wow. And, you know, then so then I'd either sabotage my relationships because I had to prove it or I would be so codependent and search for affection from a woman that I could then detach from because that's that's ultimately what I was just craving all the time was like, like, I had mummy issues, <laughs> to put it as, as cliche as that sounds. Um, but then we together,
0: all we, we all do, but yeah, yeah I still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's we'll like do. it's it's like what you described there, that makes so much sense, right? It's, yeah. it's that pattern yeah. of belief.
1: But um, to get to that point where it's like this is this is the woman I'm gonna marry, it's like this is this is a happy ever after, this is the thing that I've been chasing that i have worked through. And that now all that's set aside and gone, this is it. And then to have that cut it, yeah, it, it just, it it pulled the floor out and it swallowed me whole. And it was like, like there's no better way to, to deal with like trauma and past by having something really relevant breaking off again. Yeah.
0: And to to me, that's the essence of what I teach is, yeah. It's not just the thing, it's the everything else that's related to that thing that then comes flooding to the surface. Yeah, 100%. Do you look at it, I had someone, another guest sort of say this, a very similar circumstance around what they'd experienced through a relationship and then almost like a um, self-fulfilling prophecy that their biggest fear then came to pass. Is that kind of what it felt like?
1: Yeah, 100%. 100% it was. Um it was yeah it's it was everything that it that you it was like what's worst case scenario for me? I'll get everything you want and then have it gone and uh yeah it, at at that moment that's that's exactly it was it really a self fulfilling prophecy a hundred percent,
0: yeah, i think what you described with with the um the the sort of checking out in the relationship like you were doing that well not that you knew it but that's what you had explained to you you're like you're getting less and less presence and uh, and you wonder like how much of that is just the, the we default back to our belief system right yeah and if the belief is that's what is going to happen then then somehow we make it happen so it's like it's not to say that it's our fault but it's like you can at least give reason to why it happened and not be yeah. so hard on yourself
1: the, the the other thing was i like I, I i don't want to go into the whole masculine and feminine thing too much but what really happened was the roles reversed after a while where where she was putting on the masculine front and i was being the the feminine for her because I was like, I wanted the affection. I wanted the connection. I wanted all these things. And she's like, no, stop, go away. Leave me alone. No. And, and she had to be really staunch because like she was still dealing with all her own things as well. And then he's me being really pushy and like getting cranky at her because you know, I, I can't get a hug before I go to work or whatever it is. When really, if I'd have been like, okay, this is cool. What do I need to fix? What's going on here? She would have seen that and then been like, okay, cool. I can see him building. I either need to catch up or go away. Yeah.
0: And, And I'm... To me, that whole feminine masculine's been given uh, too many dodgy stereotypes and and been uh, confused for people. But the reality is that it's exactly what happens. It's like a reversing of the polarity, right? Is that in in the after stages of grief or or with different things going on in life, then one partner defaults to the to the other side, and then the other one compensates, and that's when things start going wrong right and and it's even yeah. further back seems to come up regularly in these chats we look at two generations ago with wars where where the female had to adopt that role yeah and so then we wonder why this keeps happening it's like well these patterns are a lifetime and the shift is exactly like you said the antidote is to just to prioritize yourself step into that power and then be able to be all the things that you need to be yeah 100 percent 100 percent Do you have many memories of those those young days? Of uh, you mentioned before we jumped on, you said it's like uh, you described them as less than quality people who fostered you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, you were be um, polite. Yeah, <laughs> Look, they 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 were a lovely family, and um, I was friends with the I was friends with the second eldest son, we went to school together. And low low social economic family and. Uh, they were rough, and so for me being there, I was a, I was a very runty, small child, and uh, you know it was all I'll just hide behind us, Phil. We'll look after you, we'll protect you, and whatever else. And you know they would always they always joke about how I was gay because I wore shirts that were fitted or I wore chinos, hmm. you know, not big, outlandish, baggy pants and all that sort of stuff. So I was I was completely different to all of them and. I, I got ripped on a lot for that, but uh, the the whole my whole process was um, I I fell in love with my foster mother as as my just as my mother carer, and so the world just revolved around her. The, the world revolved around Ma. It was whatever she needed. So, like, I just had to make sure she was happy. Yeah. And, and, and this is from the age of like. 14 to 20, it was, oh, I'll, I'll, I do go to school, mum's happy. I'll, I'll do I'll do extra stuff at home, mum's happy. I'll come back every weekend once I've finished school so I can see the family, so mum's happy. And uh, it wasn't until, and I, and I don't believe they had any idea they were doing this where I, it was me, it was an unhealthy, unhealthy, like, want for me to just be connected to that paternal figure, and them taking advantage of it. And I'm sure they didn't even realise they were taking advantage of it. Yeah, but that's that's what ended up happening in that situation. Oh so, yes, yeah.
0: I, I imagine that's just we we're we pattern creating creatures, and they would have just identified a pattern and and a, and a way that could be beneficial.
1: Yeah.
0: You said something there that is just true for for so many people is that something's happened mm-hmm. they take on that responsibility for everyone else's happiness and then it becomes like this process that people pleasing neediness uh overgiving yeah not prioritizing self all those things you've already described so it's so great that you've highlighted that and i'm sure other people listening can identify with that same pattern. Obviously. Everyone's backstory is going to be very different, but yeah. it's that conscious decision of okay, all right, this person is not happy. I'll, I'll take some steps, and it's so hardwired. Yeah, is is that something that you see in the line of work, like for first responders? Do you think that'd be a pretty common trait?
1: It's <sighs> a great question.
0: I think, it's definitely true. Definitely true for the coaching industry. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. I think it's hardwired, but in a different way. I, I think the relevance with that within the first responders is just get over it. That's that's the hardwiring. All right. Yep, yeah, that happened. All right. Get over it. We got to go to something else. All right, we we're going through this. Great, get over it because you need to. And at certain points, it, it's helpful. It's, it's it's very helpful, but it's it's not the be all and end all to that. It's a that's that's something that needs to be there at a very very minute time, for a very very small amount of time to survive. And then after that, it like people don't they, they underestimate unpacking. And Absolutely, that's that's the problem. The hardwire, the hardwired issue for first responders, in my opinion, is the ability to unpack correctly and believe that they create the belief that they're okay, because it's just easier to say you're okay. Yeah, I, I, I know. A, I know an officer, and and bless him, bless him, his. His response to his wife every night, regardless of the situation, was good. How was work? Yeah, it was good. It didn't matter if there was a death in custody. It didn't matter if there was a riot. It didn't matter if he was wrestling a guy on the ground. It didn't matter if there was a suicide at work. It didn't matter what. Yeah, it was good. And I understand from a man's standpoint, like, he's a very, very strong leader, amazing man. It's like, dude, you got to, like, you can say, okay, today was rough. At least she knows where what level you're at. Yeah, you don't want her to know all the details because you don't want to concern her, but you still need to let her into part of that world because when when or if you break down, she's going to be like, "Oh, I, I don't know what happened." He always told me it was good.
0: Mm, I agree. This is where the education needs to come in both sides. From yeah. my experience, is like if when someone does open up, what's the response from the partner? Yeah, because from the men I've helped, it's not always a positive one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, what do you mean? Like, because you know they're dependent on this person being the rock and the protector and the provider, yeah. all those sorts of things. And if they show any vulnerability, so there's a reluctance to open up. So it's it's a two way street. Yes, men yeah. need to open up, but we need to really educate creating this safe place. open up yeah
1: and and this is like I know this is a little bit off topic but this is my gripe with are you okay day right because it's a question are you okay no oh shit what Um, do we do now all right you know it's like yeah it needs there needs to be so much more education involved in explaining like the next steps it's like okay are you okay no all right here's what we can do You know, here's here's a list of questions or here's here's a network that we can bring you into or here's here's something. And there's no judgment. Like you can say the whatever horrible thing it is you feel like you shouldn't be saying or you can, yeah, the the, the lack of judgment is so important with that.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure there are business places who are doing it really well, but that's what I've observed too. It's like you described before, it's more box ticking. Yeah. A business that can say, yep, we're doing this, look at us, like we're doing the right thing, here's a cupcake. But does it actually yeah. provide a, a safe space? Does it actually give them education on what they do need to do if they're not okay? Like, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But
1: you've got to be in the system to change your system. So you know, slowly and surely, hopefully, we'll get there
0: yeah absolutely and it's interesting you say that because it's like i know i know my path will take me back to corporate because i need to be back immersed in the system but uh, (laughs) i look at um i imagine this has been what you've witnessed as well in in your industry i remember going into the sporting landscape and they talk about it we can't just be box ticking we need to do more and they absolutely are they're doing a great job of of really pushing the needle in my head though i come in from a space where we're pushing the needle like you know 10 times into the future and i'm yeah. still like yeah but you're still only just scratching the surface
1: yeah
0: and that's not to say they're doing anything bad it's just like the, the need to get that education out there is just so it's so important yeah and i imagine that's a lot of
1: the inspiration for your app right 100 percent it is 100 percent it is and like so, so my goal is to be able to try and get listen to every hand of first, every first responder in Australia if not the planet like I'll start with Australia um so when when it when it launches after after that it's I'm, I'm out having conversations with I'm harassing like the, the big wigs it's like how do we get this for free into the hands of these people like well, that's, that's, that's literally all I want I want it to be able to support itself it's not here to make money it's here to it's literally here to help
0: Um, <clears throat> the uh, catch in my throat around this uh, <laughs> usually says to me that uh, there's a need to get your voice out there more, right? Yeah. What's a platform that you'd love to be able to speak on to really get this message out?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm open to any platform. That's the thing. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I literally, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's such a hard question because I'm, I'm, I'm sure the right platform is a platform I don't even know of as of yet.
0: My uh, experience tells me that the right platform is usually right under your nose, right? Yeah, probably. So uh, we might have a, question, a conversation about this once we jump off, but I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's almost like every opportunity to, you get know, to get in front of people, like, like yeah leading with that message that's how
1: important it is like we're yeah
0: saving lives right a
1: hundred percent a hundred percent and it's the, the the biggest the biggest one for me right and have you ever heard the starfish story um
0: possibly refresh my memory
1: okay cool so um there was a young man walking along the beach after there'd been a massive storm and there's starfish all over the all over the sand, and as he's walking down, he sees a little figure running back and forth from the beach to the ocean, from the sand and the beach to the ocean. And he gets up close, and there's this little girl, and she's running up, grabbing a starfish, throwing it in the water, running up, grabbing a starfish and throwing it in the water. And he's like, "Oh, little girl, what are you what are you doing?" And she goes, "I'm saving the starfish." And he looks around, and he he sees some starfish that have been there too long that are dead. He sees some that are struggling and he looks over and some more are getting washed up. He goes, why, why are you doing this? You can't, you can't save them all. You you can't make a difference to all of these starfish. She grabs one and throws it in the water and she goes, but it made a difference to that one. (laughs) And that's like that to me, that's, that's the whole point of everything we do, right? Like if you can like, help that one person if if the app comes out and one person listens to one thing and goes shit he's right i need to focus on this or the message get heard and someone calls a friend and has a chat which stops them from doing you you know the unspeakable that's that's it that's that's the whole point of everything you know so yeah that's that's where it's at that's i love that story (laughs) yeah yeah
0: me too me too the the uh competitive side of me and the, and the the part of me that wants to, to grow and, and actually have a bigger impact also sort of thinks, well, what if we could get more people down there helping with the yeah. starfish? What yeah, if we 100%. get more people on board? like What if what if rather than be running up and down the beach, I could go and, and uh, get in front of an audience and get a, a whole lot of people down there so that we can all make a difference
1: together? Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. You... Your, um, your, I loved your bio, like really simple. (laughs) But (laughs) the good part was it's like straight to talking points, right? Yeah. I I don't, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not a fan of having to read big things. I just like to skim. So you've done the skimming for me. Tell me, uh, hypnotist, like is this, um, had a hypnotist on only a few weeks ago and he was talking about the difference between stage. Um, hypnosis and clinical hypnosis and yep. uh, spiritual hypnosis and all this sort of stuff. Where, where do you fit on that scale?
1: Um, I love messing with people so I always play with stage hypnosis um, yeah. and, and in, in my eyes a stage hypnotist is like the essence of true hypnosis because if you mess up, it's in front of a ton of people and you look like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, hypnotherapy and, like, clinical hypnosis is it, – it really helped me. It, it really, really helped me and it, it did a lot for me. And so that story really quickly, previous to this separation, I had another – it's like all the separations in my life have been the biggest points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had just got into the prison and I was struggling with my mental health at that point. And I rang my sister in tears because I – had gone from a fighting weight of about 60 to 63 kilos and I was fighting Muay Thai and I'd blown out to about 80 kilos in a couple of months. So I was, I was not happy with myself at all. Yeah. And I rang my sister up who had done NLP and hypnosis training and I'm like, can you just help me lose weight? Cause if I lose weight, everything in my life will be fine, which we all know that's not the way it works. No, just one thing. If I just fix one thing, my whole world's perfect. <laughs> um, and she's like, "Yep, come down for Easter." And before I got down, uh, we found out my father was was uh, was very, very ill. He was very, very ill. He's still with us. Um, we just know what's going to eventually get him. Yep. And then I had a discussion with my daughter's mother, and she decided that she was going to move back to Wollongong of all places, Wollongong. And so I was, I fully supported it. I was like, "Yep, it'll still be okay." Um, but yeah, you can do that. And then on the drive down to my sister's, my partner at the time, sent me a message saying, Hey, I've packed off the apartment. I've left. So I got down to my sister's for weight loss hypno. And she's like, how are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a mess. Yeah. And uh, I, I worked with her for three days. And after those three days, I, I didn't have any issues at that point in time. Like I knew there was stuff going on in my life. But I was like, okay, this is this is going on. All right, I need to do A, B, C, D, and that'll be sorted. When I get back, I've got to deal with this. When I get back, I'm going to have to do this, and I'm going to do this. And it just, it gave me so much clarity through my mindset. Like, I, I literally, I felt like I could see clearer. That's cool. And then on the drive back, well, to make things even better, when I was down there, my daughter's mother called me, and she's like, it's not working here in Wollongong. We're going to come back. Huh. I was like, wow. as, soon as, as soon as I started taking steps to fix myself, things around me started changing, which was amazing. Yeah, that's um,
0: very interesting, and, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and on the drive back, I um I was like, if I can if I can learn how to do whatever just happened to me, <laughs> yeah. that that would be cool. And I I just became obsessed. I, I trained under everyone in Queensland I, I went down to Sydney I, I trained with people in, in the States I yeah I, I just became obsessed with with how the conscious and unconscious mind could work together or you could bypass the conscious mind to put things unconsciously into people's states to help them with whatever and the biggest thing I love about hypnosis is that there's no there's no niche, there's no field of anything that it can't help benefit. Yeah, at all. It, it it it's so versatile; it can mold into any any given place that someone needs help with. And that's yeah, it's 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 like a it's, it's a secret power, like superpower. <laughs> like when people can start utilizing that in what they're doing, whether it's self hypnosis or audios or learning the skill or like seeing a therapist, it's yeah the the change it can make quickly easily and effortlessly bypass so much crap on the way it's yeah i love it
0: absolutely love it awesome and i love that experience you described because it's i think anyone who's done either been immersed in it for on the healing end or just learning or whatever it is because really when you're learning it that's exactly what it feels like if you've been for any of those three to five day events Mm-hmm. And the clarity you come out with and, and simple things. I remember eating lunch on, like, might have been day three or four and just, like, biting into this thing and just hearing the crunch and tasting about 10 different flavours. And I'm like, yes. what is this? Like, it's like <laughs> a, it just completely resets your mind or something.
1: Yeah, 100% it does. Uh, so cool.
0: Are you still working in, the, in a uh, correctional facility now? I am, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So do I'm, you
0: okay. do you do a little bit of subtle hypnosis uh, just in conversation and so on, like in a in a positive way? Or
1: I'm I'm not going to say I do, um, but I'm not going to say I don't. Uh, so
0: un- unconsciously, it could yeah, certainly I, I get in
1: trouble. <laughs> I get in trouble for un- unconsciously doing things like just using like a lot of suggestive. Uh, suggestive language or language patternings that are so natural to me now. It's like, when would now be a good time to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, thanks would be awesome. And like just lots of, yeah, lots of little hints. And so like confusion is a really good one. Uh, If I, if, if someone's yelling or carrying on, I say something really confusing and they look at me and then you give them a direction. And this can be anyone, right? This can be anyone. So, like, we're, we're, we're having a big argument about something like, yeah, but the flea circus was on Monday. I'm going to be like, what? Can we just sit down and actually talk about what's going on? You're going to go, yeah, yeah, can we please? Because you've had your mind given something that makes no sense of searching for an answer, and then you give a suggestion that makes perfect sense, it's going to latch onto that and go, Yes yeah i love it
0: Pattern disruption
1: yes patent disruption and the confusion and confusion so it's it, it works really really well with a lot of different like areas of people
0: yeah that's amazing and i think that's if we can get to the point where, where we're all unconsciously behaving in a way that's going to be beneficial then it's not it's not a bad thing it's it's when uh, when you see people using it because i'm sure you've noticed this right when you learn the tools you see how often people are using it how often uh advertising is using it how often yeah. media is using it and it's uh it's a bit sickening really isn't it
1: i i had a massive gripe with um a radio lady at one point and like i, I don't want to get on the whole vaccine thing right because everyone jumped on that bandwagon with if it was right or wrong what upset me was the advertising was the radio host said one day if you want to do something good today go get vaccinated and i'll in my head i'm like that's not the right message yes people can get vaccinated but you can't tell them that because then there's this unconscious belief of i'm not good if i'm not doing that (laughs) and there's uh, and then you have children hearing that and he's like oh god they're gonna yeah What's yeah,
0: I, I don't. I don't watch a lot of free to air, but I remember a student turning on free to air uh, in amongst all of that, and the same sort of thing. It's just the anchor anchoring. Yeah, let's repeat this same word uh, sixty times in two minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I just wonder the long term effects of
1: yeah.
0: of all of the those situations. Like, yeah. take again, take away the the uh, any thoughts on the actual uh, process itself, but in terms yeah. of just the, the the fear that was forced down people's throats and how yeah. that's going <laughs> to yeah. manifest in the long term.
1: In saying that, I took a friend to another speaker, like a speaking gig that we listened to, some, to a couple of guys do some motivational speaking. And the guy on stage was brilliant, and I picked up on it straight away. He, he kept framing, you like me. He's like, and I know you, like me, think this, and I'm sure you like me would believe this. And I'm sure you, like me, have this thing going on. And at the end of the talk, my mate's like, I really like him. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know, because he's just spent the last half an hour saying, you like him. And he had no idea. And I was just like, yeah. was just, he's so beautiful. And I'm like, <laughs> when, there's the suggestion.
0: <laughs> and when you see it, you can't unsee it. And I bet there was party who you just wanted to stand up and go, Pal, stop, <laughs> stop messing yeah. with people's heads. It's it's like when you see the uh, the buy now in people's um, yeah in people's uh, sales pitches and learn this the hard way. Not not a buy now, but it was a right now, and it's yeah. like, and then when you re- learn it and you realise, yeah, oh, that's awful. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it leaves an awful feeling for people, and that's where you can, get yeah like you know the after effects of that is like if that person's selling something and they purchase it, it is that buyer's remorse that comes in it's not buyer's yeah. remorse it's it's i feel something's not quite right and it's not because yeah. you've just been manipulated into doing something yeah. whether you I wanted know. it or not you don't know because you've actually been yeah. tricked
1: yeah it's um it's a delicate world it's a very very delicate world and uh yeah you just got to be very careful but it's like anything you know you've got people who use Use it for really good, pure, lovely, amazing, helpful reasons, and other people to go. How can I take advantage of this and get whatever I want out of it? So, it's yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it doesn't matter what it is. That's that's the way people work, unfortunately, in, in like in any industry.
0: It is, uh, but I guess the, the other thing is that you were just talking about before about how unconscious it is for you. Yeah, and there may be times that. Some people are doing it and it's and it's not deliberate it's just uh, it's just language and it's because yeah. uh, they've got to sp- uh, following their the intuitive nudges and that's just what it needs to be is yeah. uh, ultimately it comes back to the same place as we we can't be trying to rescue everyone and tell them that they they're all got it wrong we instead just yeah. go exactly like you've pointed out many times throughout this chat which has come back to self and and prioritizing self yeah
1: yeah
0: I agree so if you talking directly to to men here, what's yeah. a message that you would share to them to help to one to deal with when you're when you're in amongst it and then two how do you make sure you keep yourself above the line so you don't have to even ever deal with that again?
1: it's it's shit right because it's it's the old cliche like it's whatever you're going through it's it's only temporary and and like if if you're feeling the worst you're ever feeling give it one more day and if the next day is just as bad follow that advice again like it's just it yeah there's, just just always give it one more day and I, 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 it's easy for me to talk about it now because I'm out of it and I would never have spoken about this while I was in it because I couldn't because I was in it yeah uh, no one wants to hear it gets better with time and everyone hates hearing that but it's, it's the truth it does get better with time and it's it's not temporary. It it will it will get better. And don't don't underestimate. Like I think Jordan Peterson says it. Like don't underestimate the hole your absence would make. Like I look at I look at me now and go. If I had have taken my life in February, this app wouldn't create or been created. I wouldn't have climbed Killy. I wouldn't have you know taken my daughter scuba diving, surfing, and done all these things with her. I wouldn't have met the people I've now met I wouldn't be on this podcast I wouldn't be like the impact I can now have is massive because I decided I I was able to stay so imagine the impact these guys can have with their stories with their future efforts with everything else if they just decide to stay for one more day and just choose just one more day one more day one more day yeah it's it's massive yeah I love it
0: and uh just breaking it down to smaller chunks like that just makes it something that's achievable yeah,
1: yeah. and it's it's that's okay cool. to be able. it's okay it's like grief pain it's all a part of this beautiful horrible thing we go through yeah yeah, yeah. it's
0: okay really cool Phil cheers oh I was wanted to ask you just before yeah. we wrap up um how has the relationship been with your dad? Like, obviously, through no fault of his own, he struggled to deal with a, a major event. Like, did did you have much contact through him with him through those younger years, and 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 how did you manage to keep a, a relationship?
1: Great question. Um, after high school, I went away to the navy for a little while, and then I decided the navy wasn't for me and when i left i actually moved in with him and his new partner and we we cleared the air on everything and well cool yeah for a long time I, I was for a long time i was i was very angry at him but when you become a father when you become a parent you realize how your parents were just trying <laughs> like you know they're just trying to figure it out along the way and as soon as I became a, a parent, I was like, holy shit, you know, he had no idea what he was doing. He was trying his best and he just wanted me to be happy. And, yes, like that, that was 14 years ago now when I when I became a parent and that was a massive shift for me to be able to go, okay, yeah. And, like, my dad's 75 now and still doesn't know what he wants to be when he grows up.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, right.
1: I love, I love that about him. And so, yeah. Uh, couldn't couldn't be a better relationship with him to be honest, because yeah, yeah. again, you, you get that hindsight, you get that understanding when you become a parent yourself, and yeah, absolutely, just, yeah. To me, that was that was a big big turning point for me.
0: Yeah, awesome, great to hear. Now we talked about one of the key elements of grief is having that future taken away. Mm. You've also talked about that, you know, coming to that positive realization of okay, well, these difficult moments have actually end up being a, a blessing for so many reasons. What's the new future that you see for yourself and the impact that you can have? Phil? Ooh,
1: it's uh, it's relentless. <laughs> it is relentless. Look, um, I I I have so many goals. I have something because I, I I got called delusional and reckless the other day because of the goals I have. I know. I was like, yeah, I loved it too. I was like, okay, sweet. What a compliment. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> thank you. And I'm I'm in the process of getting a flag made up that says, How's this for delusional? Or so that when I achieve anything, I can just hold it like this and be like, oh yes. Um for me, it's like my 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 therapy side of things is just about getting this app out to every everywhere possible. Um, and, and then I just, for me, it's the goals are experiences. So as I said, I'm, I'm climbing, I'm going to, I'm climbing some mountains next year. And with every mountain climb, I add to a charity. So I add Suicide Awareness, uh, Suicide Prevention Australia. Um, and so when I did Kilimanjaro, raised two and a half grand for them. Uh, when I do Mount Hanlon, hum, I'll raise money for them again. And then when I do Everest, I'll raise money for them as well. Uh, after the mountain climbing, I want to kayak from, I want to kayak the Bass Strait. So from like <laughs> Melbourne through the Tassie. Uh, wow. Three ocean kayak. I'm, sort of, <laughs> I'm doing the research on that at the moment. And again, that'll be to raise money for a charity. Again, it'll most likely be Suicide um, Awareness Australia. Uh, you know, I'm just like, I just want to, I want to help people do really cool things. I want to help like foundations that need the help. And I want to, I I really enjoy doing like even, even kill ride. You go to a bunch of correctional officers and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to climb the world's highest freestanding mountain in Africa or in the world. Yeah. The world's highest freestanding mountain, which is in Africa. I'm going to go fly over there by myself, climb it and come back and raise money for a charity. And they just look at you like, "Are you fucking nuts?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it'll be a great holiday." And they're like, "Why don't you just go to Bali or go on a cruise?" It's like, no, it's it's the experience. It's the pushing. It's the it's the it's like that's it's the living. It's the let's let's see what we can do. Let's see how far we can push it. Let's let's do that. And so. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm just, I want to create more and more audacious, ridiculous goals to help create amazingness for people.
0: That's cool. Uh, I've got a book over there. It's um, John McLean. I don't know if you're familiar with his story. He's a triathlete that got hit by a truck and uh, um, he got movement back in his legs and, and a really early stage of his healing. His dad said to him, how far can you go? Always to that effect. I think that's what the, the name of the book is. And it's, and it's the same idea that you're talking about there. It's like, how far can I push this thing? What, what impact can I make? And, and to me, that's such a powerful thing to have as a man. That's what you talked about before, right? It's that strength of conviction to stand for something and go after it. And yeah. uh, mate, I, I really commend you for that. That's huge. Thank you so much.
1: Really appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Can you just before you finish up, can you tell us a little bit about the app and how people can get their hands on it if they are either a first responder, or more importantly, if they uh, if they have access to uh, people who are making the decisions in uh, such businesses. Great. Um the,
1: the the best The best way is to find me on, on the socials. So, Instagram is just Phil Hedges EMT, um, or you can look up EMT app on all the socials. Um, But they're they're there. Uh, The website's still being created and, like, I'll I'll have the app in my hands. I've I've got it in my hands now, but it hasn't been launched onto the uh, app stores probably another two to three weeks and it'll be out. So just EMT.
0: So by the time this goes to air, it will be out so people can jump in and have a look. And uh, I imagine for any career where you're exposed to daily events that that are hugely impactful on your nervous system it's going to be massively beneficial
1: yeah yeah and it, it gets updated updated monthly so it's not just going to be staying with what's on there I, I i want the feedback from responders so that i know exactly what needs to be put on there
0: that's cool so, yeah. um and my thought goes to uh teaching uh teaching industry i imagine that it would be a helpful space as well obviously yeah. not the same depth but the same sort of um Relentless challenges. It's, it's, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm. uh, Phil, that was fantastic. Chad, thank you for sharing so openly about those moments. And oh, I know please. there's going to be heap there for, for people who've <laughs> experienced sure. that, who may want to make sure they don't experience that and want to make sure that they are there for the most important people in their life. So thank you.
1: Why, thank you. It's really uh, it's such a privilege. I greatly appreciate
0: it. You're welcome, mate. Thanks again. Cheers. And remember, so that I can help even more people to heal, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.